Hi, I'm Orla McGuinness. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio, and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it, and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is To Live and Die in L.A. from 1985. Directed by William Friedkin, produced by Irvine H. Levin and Bud S. Smith. Screenplay by William Friedkin and Gerald Petiovich. Based on To Live and Die in L.A. by Gerald Petiovich. Starring William S. Peterson, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> uh, John Pankoff, Deborah Feuer, John Turturro, Darlene Flugel and Dean Stockwell. Music by Wang Chung, cinematography by Robbie Muller, and edited by M. Scott Smith. And the synopsis is, When his longtime partner on the force is killed, reckless U.S. Secret Servant agent Richard Chance vows revenge, setting out to nab dangerous counterfeit artist Eric Masters. Along with his new straight-faced partner... Straight-faced. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take jokes kindly. <laughs> knock, knock. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Along with his new straight-laced partner, John Volkovich, Chance sets up a scheme to entrap Masters, resulting in the accidental death of an undercover officer. As Chance's desire for justice becomes an obsession, Volkovich questions the lawless methods he employs. It's a moral quandary! (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! So, this week's film was picked by Ricardo. Yeah, baby! You just can't get enough of that Peterson. Um, (laughs) So, Ricardo, why did you pick this film? Well, because it's fucking awesome, that's why. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. And I watched this movie. And the first time that I watched it, I'm watching going like, this is a cookie cutter, cutter movie. It's like everything that I think it's going to happen in the movie is happening until yeah. it very much doesn't. <laughs> and I love how cynical the movie is. Yeah. Uh, like a reviewer called it Miami Vile instead of Miami Vice. <laughs> oh, I like that. Because That's very they, good. Uh, they said that he took everything <laughs> out from Starsky and Hutch and Miami Vice. All the and love. Just <laughs> added all the cynicism as possible. I, I love William Peterson's performance in this. I we did give him shit for Manhunter, yeah. But this performance is genius. I think it is like very intense, and it, he sells the the part. It is a part that he was born to play because he can't act anywhere else. But this is very very on the money because yeah. it sells the beginning that you think he's gonna be like the fucking Mel Gibson type kind of cop you know like Lethal Weapon kind of like Shane Black kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And then with it, a heart of gold at the yeah, end but of it yeah. no heart of gold there just cynicism <laughs> um, like as well I, lo- I know that you like uh, French Connection but the French Connection is I don't think is as good as this because French Connection was a product of the 70s this could not be made any other decade than uh, the 80s. Yes. Everything yes. about it. The fucking credits. The, the fucking oh lime God, the color. Lime and red. The credits. Uh, there the, are some like honking 80s yes. like moments in this. The, the fucking... Uh, it's from, almost like a parody of the 80s. Yes. In, Which it kind of is intending sort of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything not, is not very in, intentional. Uh, not in every way, I think. Because obviously there's some things you can't yeah. escape from the decade that you make it. But there are definitely a lot of things in this. Oh, it's like... William Friedkin yeah. really going. This you want eighties filmmaking? Oh, I'll give you it. fucking eighties film. It <laughs> no. has, for my money, the best car chase in any movie ever made. Yeah, like uh, it, it's like fucking freaking went like uh, because he had the low uh, like the making movies that were good but critically panned that uh, like being reassessed over time like cruising and stuff. Yeah, 
But uh, in this case, it's him going, oh, you liked my car chase? Fuck oh, you. Fuck, this is a fucking car chase. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this like, made loads of money, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very and then successful. he made Sorcerer and it made yes. no money, <laughs> which is great. And Sorcerer, Sorcerer is, is amazing so as well. Uh, yeah. But this, uh, like, even, like, we'll get to the twist. It's not even, like, a twist twist, but something really unexpected in a movie like this that happens. I like the, the how violent the movie is because it's really employing taking that Hollywood story and then going like, no, but this is supposedly the it's real like ha- world. Hazard kind of thing. violence. Yes. Is a way I would describe it, everybody's yeah. incompetent in this movie. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah there's yeah, not yeah, yeah, one competent yeah. person in this movie. No. And it, it's so possibly it masters. It amazing. Like it, uh, not even masters. He's like very bad at his job as well. It's like even how he goes around trying to threaten people and nobody's threatened yeah, by him. Yeah. And the one guy yeah. that gets ends up getting arrested could completely ruin everything. It's like, and it's like, like uh, by, uh, last week we were talking about like movies that are populated by characters. It's like every character in this movie is also like it could be like the side character in any other movie yeah. as well. John so Turturro is amazing. Oh like John Vukovic is great as well. Like yeah. uh, the straight lace partner. Even like the the fucking really cheesy like older dude with the, like the, the guy that is literally a mustache. Like <laughs> it's like what, what are you playing today? I'm getting I'm too old. A mustache. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> Yeah, like it starts because this came before Lethal Weapon, but it's, yeah. it feels like... Oh God, like it's so Lethal Weapon. In the beginning, and then it just very much isn't. And I love that, like the bravery in the filmmaking as well, but also the fact that the filmmaking is impeccable in this movie, that everything is just right for this movie. You know, it wouldn't fit in any other movie. Yeah. It's not like a, a new way of making movies. <laughs> that, but it's perfect for the... The ideas that this movie is trying to explore. And it is a film about ideas packaged together in this really good Buddy cop. pop movie. <laughs> yeah. And also it has the 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 depth of the actual cr- crimes that they're doing, that they're trying to chase and how uh, you pursue those crimes. Because the guy that wrote it worked in the Secret Service. So it gives like this kind of like why it's systems versus systems. And it's also like I'm always interested about movies about crime to deal with crime with the idea that you have these uh, cops or whatever. They're breaking the lock to bring this one person down. But the problem is that you bring that person down, then there's always somebody to fill yeah, that gap. To step up. Because yeah. both systems can only operate with the opposite. Yeah. Kind of, and this movie really reflects that and how when each side becomes too complacent and emboldened and violent feeding off each other and it's just a war of escalation kind of thing and in the middle you have this world that this movie set in an actual world because it really depicts LA very vividly I feel yeah and so it's like in that car chase it just feels that like the movie is just going into the real world kind of thing but it's but at the same time, because they're so incompetent, they're, it's a point of the movie rather than like a detriment to the movie. That is that people that have those professions feel that they live in a separate world than the individuals that actually populate the world, you know? Yeah, they're protecting them, but they don't really yeah. live among them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like superheroes kind of thing. And yeah. I think that that's very interesting. Especially the, the Secret Service in particular, because yeah. it's not advertised kind of their successes or their you know they're not cops they're they're it's a different thing 
Yeah, it's like money laundering. It's like, what's it called? The funny money. <laughs> um, I, I, by the way, I fucking love the script as well. It's so potboiler, noir, 40s Poppy, kind Poppy, of like pulp. And, yeah. I, and I love it. And also any movie that has fucking Will and the phone naked in front of a fire, just choking yeah, money at that. it. It's like, why do you have to be naked to burn the money, man? I mean... You got a bone first, I guess, you know? But it has all these things that don't seem to fit in the movie, but it just gives it, like, just color. Strange, and strange, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it is, like, a movie that feels much like Maximum Overdrive that I mentioned during the <laughs> postman, that it is, like, what would happen if uh, Cocaine became sentient and directed the movie? This feels like somebody directed <laughs> Cocaine into celluloid because it is so... <laughs> Just like cooked it. over the fucking Hot top amazing and i love it and i think that it is one of freaking's best movies especially because it, it it's one of the few films that can have its cake and eat it too they can be a good pot strawberry cake oh yeah <laughs> the, it can be both a pot boiler just fun cop movie that is just like thrilling but also a critique on the actual establishments that it's trying to portray and also a critique in American society and a critique on filmmaking and filmmaking at the time and American culture as a whole. And masculinity, I would say. And masculinity as well. And vengeance and the, the idea honor of friends. Of the, and, yeah, yeah. There's loyalty, so yeah. much in this movie that uh, and all works together in like it sings it's one of those movies that sings that you're just watching it and you're like you're along for the ride and then you, you can think as well about it which is very few movies do that so uh beyond any further ado what did you think of the movie Orla? Whew. Whew. <laughs> tough to follow that jesus christ you regarded as pepped up uh <laughs> i was having what william freaking was having before i directed this <laughs> Uh, what's in the water? Um, uh, yeah, I felt a bit sorry for this film. Uh, at the <laughs> at the outset, um, it kind of in the way I did for Manhunter because uh, it's not the French Connection, and also it's an eighties movie, and that is my least favorite decade. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I did enjoy this quite a bit. Like I watched it with my mom and dad, and uh, we were like, I was just laughing constantly at this oh yeah it's a hilarious movie i mean just from the outset like william peterson jesus christ but just to begin with um this is interesting because i think this might be my favorite william defoe performance yeah like he he's great in it i hate when like william defoe freaks the fucking shit out of me i don't like him he's weird he has a creepy face and he turns up on things and like oh but i think i like about this performance is it's a great because i don't think he's a bad actor but i think a lot of the time he kind of reminds me i think michael shannon is almost like the in a way a modern equivalent of him because it's he just he plays creepy but manic he's manic creepy manic yeah. all the time and it's like overdrive whereas and he gets kind of typecasted in that kind of role um Whereas I think in this, he, he's creepy, but it's not manic. Like, you, he very rarely do you get that creepy smile. Like, he's quite he's quite buttoned down, quite straight-faced, but still very cool. And, you know, there, there's a menace to him, I think, yeah. which is necessary. Because, you know, he's not just, like, the artist who's making the money. He's, you know, he's kind of in control of things. And 
Um, so yeah, I would, that quite surprised me because as soon as he turned up, I was just like, oh yeah, no, like I was thinking Willem like Dafoe. William Peterson and Willem Dafoe in <laughs> yeah, the movie, but uh, and he's there like burning his painting, but um, uh, yeah, no, I I actually really like so yeah, that 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 very much surprised me, but um, uh, yeah, I know I know comparing it to the French Connection is unfair for numerous reasons, and obviously I'm always gonna prefer the French Connection to this, but. I think like it, it. What you said there is true. That you you start watching it and you kind of think that like oh it's you know it's just a bit kind of like this stupid bloody cop movie and like he's there in his ridiculous jeans and like William Peterson has some of the best stances in this like yeah. like oh my god like some of the Jesus Christ like his whole his whole manner and like presence and because he does this thing where he kind of pops his hip like I can't apparently I, William Peterson told him to imitate uh fucking freaking. Steve McQueen oh really yeah <laughs> interesting uh, yeah um well, yeah, obviously he's dressed in 80s clothing so let, like it makes the last uh, like uh, okay I'll just I will get we'll get, yeah, sorry, we'll get yes. to we'll get to we'll get to William Peterson but I just want to talk a bit more about the French connection because obviously there are there's so many comparisons here and like even I read that freaking wanted to make a similar type story that you know he himself was aware of the links between the two films and I think that like what's interesting about the comparison between the two films is that it has the same hopeless uh, sort of like not just ending but hopeless sort of tinge to this film that there is in the French connection as well like the same kind of idea of like the endless circle between like law enforcement and crime and and like, even like the thing of like the the act the death of the, the accidental death of the guy and um but like in a way this near it goes a step further because you like Popeye yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean Popeye, you know you love Popeye and Popeye is in the end redeemable whereas William Pearson is not and our chance or what <laughs> ridiculous name but uh and i think in a way that's almost more interesting that this is where he went a step further in in this that to make it like a full circle and even the fact that like his one moral character in the end ends up corrupted like yeah. that he just he can't anymore it's it's the last straw of everything that just he, there's no hope left for this guy like he's just you know he's gone um so it's it's i thought that was kind of interesting and it's funny like whenever i i finished watching it i was kind of like entertaining and like the more i thought about it the more i was like it kind of it, it wasn't where i kind of watched it and then forgot about it and then was like oh i have to think about this now because we're together the podcast i kind of thought about it because i watched it on thursday night i think so yeah. i've kind of been thinking about it since kind of been like i'd like to watch it again because it, it is sort of it's doing more than than it, it's on it i don't think like i don't think it's very deep underneath of like explaining what it is actually doing you know it's got that nice sort of like shallow sheen on the front of it of like skewering multiple like you know i think it's well i think it's quite honoring of the kind of la noir side of it and the pulpy side of it but even say like the things of like the bloody cop aspects of it and those kinds of representations and like the ridiculous like m- like macho like that that is played like so heightened but like heightened but not really though because when you compare this to especially movies of the 80s and movies that came out after it even like that like such that ridiculous level of like you know like as we would describe them now bros you know what i mean like these like 
these dudes and you're my boy and you're my partner and like these ridiculous levels of like you know and it's it's not it doesn't like degrade the idea of loyalty but the kind of loyalty that these guys have that it's almost but it's like loyalty without earning that loyalty yeah, doing like, anything it's, it's just almost, because you are my partner yeah you, we have to back each other up no matter yeah. what the fuck because of the word partner code. what it means it's that code of like yeah of even like he doesn't even really like his new partner but he now it's like oh you're in this with me yeah and it's like i wouldn't have taken the book if i hadn't known that i could trust you you know yeah. what i mean like he wouldn't have pulled the shit if he because like oh we're in this now you know and that the guy just has to go along with it and even whenever you know he's never going to double cross him you know he goes to the lawyer or whatever because he's having fucking heart palpitations but yeah dean stockwell yeah but um uh yeah i was <laughs> just gonna go into william peterson's performance uh i think he's he's much better cast in this than he is in in manhunter i don't think he, he works in manhunter at all um i think you're right that it, it he is kind of perfect for it for this role that i can't like you, you know, can't cast anybody else like well perhaps but who were, like anybody else the problem is that if you cast somebody that is like a really good actor let's say pacino yeah he'll act too much on it is that Peterson is just being a fucking dickhead and that's yeah, the that, point that's of it is that the, there's it's, not it's, that much level. Uh, like. Yeah, and I think that, like, <laughs> I was saying about it, I was like, I think that it's 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 all freaking because freaking knows what he's doing with that yeah. character whereas I don't think Peterson is self-aware. Oh yeah, but like, that doesn't matter. It's it, the end yeah, product the, is how you end, get there. In the end, it doesn't really matter yeah. but, like, it, it, is, it is kind of hard to take him seriously but Peterson <laughs> so funny but um in the end it doesn't really matter because you're interested in him and you're following yeah. his story but you don't like him you don't oh, care you're, about him like he's and when they scumbag. when he's they kill the him when they kill him yeah. you're like spoiler eh. so, you know, well well <laughs> you know when they kill him you're kind of like you know because it's like whoa geez you know like because it's that kind of scene where yeah. it's just He's just dead. Yeah. There's like, no. I never seen. Like, yeah. It's, it's, in the face, like it's yeah. so. And then it's like his partner's like, uh, talk to me. It's yeah. like he's not gonna be saying anything. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> uh, a shotgun, like who? But uh, or is it a shotgun? I can't remember. That. Yeah, it's shotgun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's brutal. We'll get like, to discuss uh, that in depth later on. On the, the shotgun or the no, like the, the actual oh the, scene, the yeah. ending. Yeah, yeah. But um, you don't care. That's the thing. Is that. You know, because at this point, your your moral center is the partner. Yeah. And, well, I mean, kind of when you're like 20 minutes into it, you've already established, not even that long into it, you've already established that William Peterson is a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Like, like and the then, and then as soon as he gets to the, like, the, the poor informant, like, the woman who he's, like, you know, basically, she, she has no option but to have sex with him. Like, uh, you know. Oh, oh yeah, and then he delivers the greatest line in screenwriting, where she's like, "Oh, I could get killed, you know." It's like Uncle Sam don't give a shit about your troubles. If you don't bread, fuck a baker. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I laughed a lot. Um, yeah, so there's I a lot he's... of lines like. Then John Tortura says like, "Oh, if you want a pigeon." Go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, John Turturro. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love John Turturro and anything. It's so great. He's like in, on, like, Miller's Crossing mode in this. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Or, like, fucking, like, um, it's so, like, Cohen's brothers. Are it's, well, it's John Turturro because he's yeah. always going to feel a bit that. But, um. <laughs> Wait, like, the, William Peterson does have in this movie that he, it's not only that he's a dickhead, it's that you can tell that he's an addict. 
that like yeah. the way that he says about like base jumping and everything that he's not only an adrenaline addict he's also a power addict yeah like he's not there because he's like a dickhead to women it's just because if he had the same power over a man to do that yeah he would yeah like it's just that he likes having that power over people that way and i think that makes him really interesting and also the uh the the shape of the story that it ends up being like cycles that he became that because he had a partner that was uh off the book as well yeah and then vukovic yeah yeah. that it's like this cycle of uh, yeah that that, happens over time that is how that happened like that's how those this it's like the circle of particularly obviously within la law enforcement and like the obviously the very 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 long and famous history of like the corruption involved there of like how difficult it is to rid a department like that of corruption because it is the the endless cycle of it and that like how do you like people who have been on the job for however long and that's how they've they've built up their careers on doing things off the books or do you know everything's a bit shady but they get the job done kind of thing how do you then come in and go oh no you've got to fill out these forms and you gotta you know like how do you how do you cure corruption yeah. when corruption to well, like, that point? I think that there was one of the decisions that they had to um, deal with funny money, as they funny call it, money. which I love. Him. It's like, I don't care about gold. I care about the funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love the script in this movie so much. It's so it's ridiculous. Just the, the, it's the idea that it's kind of like a, a victimless crime. Yeah. That they're not chasing a serial killer or anything. Is that you're going to these extents just because, like, the fucking treasury department? Yeah, or even like, like you know, like drugs or whatever. Yeah. It's not you know, there's there's no like people on the street that yeah. are being destroyed by this. It's just like. And then you see also like the degrading the, the social dollar. connotation of how why the money actually exists that is like they give it to like lower end communities like the the black community and watts in this case yeah to uh, because they don't have a job or wages so they live of funny bunny and there's like the idea that you buy a hundred dollars and they give you a thousand of good fake money so Mm. like you're wasting your actual well-earned dollars to make more money kind of like very easily you understand how that economy works and how like that system operates Versus, like, even how the, the, all this mechanism that is in the background that barely alluded to, like, yeah. drops and everything. And, but that's why, like, I think I, that it benefits from the, the depth that yeah. the, I think the that, has. that that site is interesting, but I do really like the fact that they show the process. Because I obviously, I love process. And, like, watching things being made. Um, and I, I it kind of reminded me of Mr. Turner, actually, like, the whole thing of, like, the entire yeah. process of him making the money. And, uh, like, the like care and the tension. The, and When he blows into it and you see, like, the oh, it just bleeds out. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just so interesting. Like, and you get to see in all, like, the mixing of the colors and everything. And, yeah, it, it, like... And, and also the the fact that it's, like, on um, characters, talking about characters first, let's say. Yeah, the it, introduction of the characters yeah. is very interesting, I think. Yeah, for, for both parts. One, like, fucking Peterson on the top of the bridge jumping and you think, oh, he's going to just be suicidal, like fucking Riggs in... Yeah. In in Lethal Weapon. But no, it's just that he's base jumping for a bet. And then comes in and then gives him the shittiest fishing pole ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, and your man's ever. like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, looks great. Like, so, like, they're making a point of making it the most cliche like, moment oh. ever. And it's like, even when he does, it's like, you only had two days left of the job. <laughs> yeah, I was watching my dad. I was just like, oh, they always only have two days left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, like, the ridiculous timestamps. Yeah, yeah. Like, the timestamps. I was like, what? 
that. It looks like a fucking so, Casio watch yeah, style. Yeah. So overly dramatic. And it's like massive as well. Like it's over half the screen. It's like Tuesday, 2200 hours. And then you have like Willem Dafoe's like face. He just comes in and like he's like burning the painting. And it's but, so young. But also like the, the fact between the two of them is that you can tell that they both could be doing something else. It's just like, I feel like Willem they... Dafoe could be a painter. Like yeah. it's just that he rather had the, the addiction of the thrill of committing crimes and being in the underworld. Like he prefers yeah. that world than the, the world of painting. Like when they go to interview the, 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 the the other artist that met Willem Dafoe in prison. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, he was great, or he could like sell out any gallery if you wanted, but he just brought his paintings. And it's like somebody that enjoys doing the art for the sake of it, but really, what what he wants to focus in is being a criminal. Like, yeah, it's just and because it's not, he's an artist. Yeah, being a, a funny money guy is the only way that he can be like a successful criminal. And showing but he has like a pride for the product. Yeah, exactly. As well. Like showing showing how the extreme effort and care that he puts into making every one of those, and like even the thing of like where he washes them with the things, like you know, to rough the paper, and yeah, it's just so cool. And then it's is that uh, kind of like duality that Freakin does very well, but going back to uh, to French Connection, yeah, I think the French Connection is a movie very much of its time, the same way that this is, yeah. But why I think this is more interesting and I like it more, perhaps French Connection is a more accomplished film, but this for one is fucking. Like, I've never seen a movie like this. Like, and still haven't. The, like, I've seen movies that try to do this a bit, but not commit as much as this does, you know? Like, yeah. the fact that it's, like, nobody's likable. There's, like, even the, like, perhaps the, the informant woman that sleeps with Peterson well, is likable, but she's not given enough to... Uh, to yeah, to, it's more that you just feel sorry for her than... But at the same time, you get into the sense that she also enjoys being part of the world because she misses Peterson as well. It's kind of like this thing yeah. of addictions of being able to leave. Yeah. And I think the French connection has, says, like, as a film, it perhaps more accomplished, but this is far more critical of uh, many yeah, things that makes it more interesting yeah as a piece. you can understand why he wanted to make this yeah. after having done the french yeah. connection because this it is different and it is saying something different to what that film is like it's i'm just always going to prefer the french connection because i think it is a better film and also as well because it, it i mean as much as i love the 80s kitsch of this yeah. and it is like up to the fucking 11 but you know, it's just never going to have. But you, you could only set it in LA as well. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, we definitely have to talk about um, the car chases because you did talk yeah. about them there. And that's obviously another con- like connection with the French connection. Yeah. Um, they're just they're incredible. Like they, they have that same thing that the French connection has, which you see so rarely in films, even back then, whenever like there was, you know, they were done. You literally just had to drive. You know, there was no you know, if there was no CGI, you know, there was no, you were literally just in the car and uh, you really, you really, really feel really, really like you get the peril of this. You get the threat of it. You get the, like, especially whenever they're, um, 
they're chasing um um or they're getting running away from yeah. um after the, they kill the guy yeah like, that, the, i love like, that it's the fbi accidentally kills your man because oh because nobody's competent in this movie no nobody's competent no. in this movie no and the car they're just pointing a gun at william peters and and then like, a car crashes into the car that they parked and they shoot the informer the, but the fbi the, don't even put it together afterwards yeah. of like you know it's the whole thing and you like i'm glad that there's no kind of like where they had the kind of tribunal on yeah. this where there's like the seniority comes in and kind of goes so hold on this happened and then this happened you know what i mean it's like there's none of that like the and i love the it kind of institutional the end, like, we looked out if we had fucking totaled the car there was no way of getting a fix for it he's like so happy that like, like how have you not totaled the car that's what i don't get but, like, um, and that shot of them going up the wrong way in the oh fucking my God. freeway is oh, insane that freaked me out i was just like oh mother of holy jesus because you that's it it's like you really really feel it yeah like i think that baby driver has a modern example because i'm trying to think of like modern examples that's even like from that time that were able to get that where you really feel that you're in the freaking car and i mean this i suppose sort of like the anti-version of it that is sicario like yeah. where you have that obviously it's not quite a car chase but it, you know it's managing to do something that films just can't get it's yeah. hard to do but it's that that proper threat of you really really feel like they could catch them and you feel that they're like all over them like as in yeah. when they yeah when they lo- like, lose them and then they just they all fucking... pop up it's like they're fucking everywhere and like your man in the back seat is having heart attack like he's having I, a, uh, like he's absolutely losing the plot oh, yeah. but at stages he's like it's what i love that both of them are like once at one stage even william peterson it looks like oh, yeah, he goes yeah. like we're in the shit right now yeah. Uh, and then uh, he goes back to the adrenaline junkie but Vukovic yeah. in the back is like having like fucking 20 emotions at the same <laughs> yeah. time it's like he's yeah. like fucking crying going like oh god oh god and like he's like yeah, yeah we love oh no they're all over like nearly yeah. crying it's like we're gonna you know we're either gonna we're gonna die or else like this is our lives over anyways because our careers are over like it's it's all the it's like Oh, it's just. <laughs> I love it that after all of that, when he goes back to the informant's gap, he's like, like clockwork. Oh my <laughs> god! Money. Or like even the, the the way that he opens the case, like just smashing it <laughs> out, <laughs> the, out the bridge. I love that. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you know, if, if it smells funny, we just bail. And it's like, you know, you did not bail, and you should have bailed. Like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, God. And, like, how long it takes him to get the thing open. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can see it kind of opening. You can tell that, like, as an actor, he's like, oh, I thought there was going to be two times. And <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, the book opens, like, perfectly. And then it's, like, even, like, Vukovic, he's already losing the plot. Where, like, your man gets caught. He's like, he, he died. Oh, my God. He looks just that, like, uh, just he has that one second of where he's allowed to kind of be like, oh, my God. Then it's like, right now, we're we have to in get the going. shit now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, focus. But I think think that the car chase also has a far more integral part to the body of this movie than french connection has that it's something that it's like any film that has like big set pieces yeah struggles to do that is like struggles to maintain the set piece to be part of the storytelling yeah rather than it just being there for the sake yeah. of action and for yeah. the, throughout the storytelling let's say french connection <coughs> and bullet for example that's why i think this is a better car chase uh, yeah yeah, that, yeah that's a good point is that once the car chase starts it's like 
just the thrill of getting to the end here within the chase you're yeah. getting like character beats and everything within not losing anything mm. of this yeah kind of I, I i i really i dislike big action yeah. set pieces because they are just almost always like universally particularly within the marvel universe um it's like oh it's the big set piece now yeah. you know and they go on forever yeah we and, finished the plot now we're gonna know, have a set piece and then we're gonna the talk me- for a bit yeah exactly it's like it's just and that you get tired of it very very quickly and as well because you never feel the peril yeah. for your characters whereas in this it really really feels like they could die or they could be caught like yeah. there's no and even if you know if they within this film if they had been caught right in the middle you would have been like well you know it's like it, you know, it never at any point feels like you're like, oh, no, but these are our heroes. Yeah. They're going to make it out. There's another 10 movies down the line. Yeah, yeah. there's a huge threat to all th- this movie that it kind of pays off when uh, when fucking Peterson, when Chance bites the, the bullet in the face. <laughs> and like, I think that that is one of the most amazing moments of filmmaking because there was nothing like it before. And there's been things like uh, after there's like a scene in... Uh, Terminator Sarah Chronicles Chronicle uh, Sarah Connors Chronicle that it does <laughs> similarly, which is very good. But never like even nowadays, the, no movie has the the balls to kill off a, a character that way. Like perhaps plays beyond the points, perhaps. But that kind of no, it does mo- happen. It happens more in TV, to be fair. Like yeah. yeah, but like there's always like a bit of music. There's always a bit of something. It's not no, like no. Hold on, there's another. There's another example that we're forgetting here. That it just goes pop dead. Well, definitely. Well, I mean, okay. Well, in the going back to the TV example, nice to Karen. Um, but uh, and that's completely unsentimental. Yeah. Not gonna spoil House of Cards. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, like Psycho being another very, very big example. But um, uh, no, that's just, I, there definitely is. But you're you're true that you're or you're right that it's yeah. incredibly rare. It's just it's and where it falls in the movie as well that it's not that say like in the case of Psycho where the rest of the plot unfolds because of her death. Yeah, this is literally like he just dies and it's like well. You know, yeah, but psycho is like heightened, like that. You well, have like yeah. the moment before she dies. You know that she like when the cur- oh, this is scary because the yeah, curtain's yeah, gonna yeah. go. Here's like when you're thinking that you're gonna lead up to another action scene, it just fucking yeah happens. Like the dude is just oh, I'm gonna cuff you, and then you think oh, something is gonna go wrong. They're gonna like it, and we're gonna have to chase you, and then just boom in the face and then even Vukovic doesn't know what the fuck to do just leaves the guys to go because he's like like the audience you know, like when that happened the first time that I watched it was like what? yeah <laughs> did, did like, that just happen? like whoa Jesus they killed him <laughs> yeah like and like they very much kill him like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. there's no and he doesn't get it like where it's like you know like when in the belly or whatever where it's like oh he might make it maybe yeah. you know in the kind of like bud white kind of yeah. way like where oh he's still gonna get to go to the arizona gay Perry kind of thing yeah exactly yeah exactly like uh i think that the shane black is definitely a good um a good reference here as well obviously well, because they they're coming from the same fucking base like yeah. raymond well, chandler yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. pot boiler yeah but also the cinematography in this movie is incredible. Yeah, there's some really, really like excellent shots. Of the, this. the the great Robbie Mueller, another connection to Paris, Texas, because he's the cinematographer of Invenders. We have literally just come full circle yeah. here. It's fantastic. Well, uh, an awful lot of connections here. Um, yeah, like I mean, the colors 
it's just oh and like obviously like it's so much of it is incredibly incredibly heightened but um the the kind of the uh, not there are they talking about Shane Black but like there are a lot of modern references yeah. that uh, that's just uh, there are a lot of movies in general <coughs> not even LA based movies um we should have to talk about LA's character yeah. also but um LA plays itself uh... <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah so even like films that are not set in LA but um Drive being the big modern example yeah. here but the one that I really really thought of much more than Drive was um Nightcrawler, yeah, um, which I think is a much better film than Drive. I'm not a big Drive fan. Obviously, visually, Drive is incredible. But what I like about this film and what I like about Nightcrawler is it's there is nothing cool or glamorous about yeah. this side of LA. And like, obviously, you can say that about LA Confidential as well. But like, this is like proper. It's not like in the slums or whatever. It's more you're on like very much the outskirts of LA. And like the you're seeing an awful lot of like um you know, like the train yards and the, the really just dirty, depressing industrial side of Yeah, like of LA, LA River and Yeah, like freeways and the, and... that the way that um they handle that nightcrawler I think is um is incredible as well. Like it, it, it gives you another side to LA because LA is so obviously so ubiquitous and um it's just it's it's so la this film but it's not hollywood yeah like and that that's that's interesting because even like the, the 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 house where the informant lives that you have the bridge that you never see because it's an unglamorous yeah, bridge. and like what part of the beach does he live on as well it's like yeah it's, like santa monica somewhere yeah, but, but it's, it's really like, far out yeah it's strange he feels very far away he's not like on the beach you know it's like he's all along the yeah it's it's i think the locations in this are really interesting and yeah. like add to that idea of um you know the, the them living as outsiders within the people you know the, the society that they protect um but yeah it's just like it's very very like nice to look at other than some strange shaky helicopter shots yeah but uh, so there, you know there's obviously like there's some of this where you can see as well that with the pulsating they, fucking soundtrack and dun, 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 oh, fucking amazing soundtrack don't like the soundtrack oh that was gonna be my you're probably one of those people um, that think that the non-tangerine dream soundtrack of no! sorry sorry is better uh, oh sorry i thought you were gonna say that it was terrible no oh my god the soundtrack to sorcerer is amazing totally doesn't fit the movie but it's amazing like come on now no i really and like i i'm partial to a bit of the 80s synth like absolutely and even and like 80s in the 80s synth not even like the modern reimagination of it now that you get in like things like it follows or whatever like proper you know it's just no it's too much oh come on you can't not go over like any other soundtrack that's the thing with this movie this is a balls to the wall like any other what what other soundtrack would you would work in this movie they (laughs) could have toned it down like it's oh no like it and it's constant oh yeah it's amazing no no not a fan not a fan also i don't like the song it's like oh it's just oh no i don't oh like yeah it. like it's terrible but i love it because it is terrible it's like no, not terrible even, in a fun way just terrible in an annoying way oh yeah like uh just to say very not to get into very hot water the opening scene has very different connotations nowadays the fucking uh, terrorists <laughs> I jumping off. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, uh, it's very <laughs> different connotations. <laughs> yeah, it's know. funny because I read that like Friedkin had originally gone in to edit it and then decided that he needed that at the start. And the whole point of it was not to give a kind of a like you know because I was like things were like that. There were an awful lot of um, 
like you know in the 80s like Reagan yeah. obviously had an awful lot of threats against his life but um so it was I think the reason why they they had included that was to show the the variety of his job yeah that you know like one day they were doing this the next you know that it was the strange kind of like um that he had no real fixed point or whatever yeah. that there's no there was they weren't really saying anything political with it I, I as far as I know anyways and it's like you look at that now and you're like oh. <laughs> yeah I was like the 80s is when like airlines were getting hijacked and everything yeah, so there's so much like, domestic terrorism yeah. in the 80s was like ridiculous but um Oklahoma know, was in the 80s or 90s I think it was in the 90s Oklahoma wasn't no, it no that's the 90s I'm pretty sure yeah um yeah no it's the 90s uh yeah well it's us we could be wrong but uh yeah it, it's it's like the interesting backdrop but it's not obviously like that's not the what's not that's only one tiny yeah. thing of it it's not really his main focus here but um it, it is interesting looking at that particularly because it is like badly handled but not within that film if you know what yeah. i mean but it's just like no you look i at think it it's just like, uh, oh. like where the world went kind of thing. like it'll be problematic yeah. to begin with yeah but it's mainly because as well it's the only obviously the only muslim person in the fucking movie yeah, it's, a it's, it's a very uh, white movie yeah. let's be well, clear it's, no. Uh, uh, no it is like uh, in in not in fairness but it's like a problem with fucking freak and now it has been like that he fucking makes a movie in central america and none of the fucking characters is a color so like i like friedkin but at the same time you you call it as the, like fucking killer joe is set in detroit and there's a, not a single yeah. black character in the I kinda, movie i'm kind of war i warmed a little uh extra to Friedkin, not just because the man has the best voice oh yeah. my god do yourself a favor and look up interviews with him because he's amazing. his interview with uh, mark maron is really good oh really? until he starts getting into a lot of religion because he's very religious yeah. which surprised me quite a bit considering that he did the ex- exorcist and this because how can anybody have like hope in the world as a religious person and make this movie this is like so cynical it's a black-hearted movie yeah. and i like it for that like people are like saying complained about it saying that it's like if that's what the movie is trying to do and what it's doing it makes you have the conversation of why the world shouldn't be this way yeah but it is this way is that it you're just a, thinking yeah. that like you're just putting your own values as the, of what the world should be versus the idea of a world that doesn't exist that is being presented ultra stylistically as a point not to for you to confuse it as an idea of the real world yeah you're living in la of the movie not la yes, of the freakin's, world freakin's world as yeah. it were yeah going back to locations that you were saying like i fucking love the the strip club that is in an old dining drive-in oh yeah yeah and it, it's like just <gasps> The, the girls, 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 of, new girls, new yeah, girls. After eleven, after midday. eleven, like <laughs> so we went in, and I was like, "Oh, it must be after 11 uh Yeah, it's so interesting nudity and sex scenes in this. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, that you can. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you, you couldn't like, see his long the silhouette of his little penis. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and like, so it's such a like fucked up scene. It made me think of. um of the conformist as well yeah. because it's like it's got that like sexy kind of 80s lighting you know yeah. where it's like silhouettes because it's the 80s you gotta have silhouettes yeah, like have expected um, fucking careless whisper <laughs> yeah you know and there are candles in the corner like <laughs> uh, 
but at the same time like it's so fucked because yeah. it's like that whole entire horrible seedy relationship and like you're just expecting to see like a neon like yeah. sign outside you know but, and then you also have like the whole sexuality between will and will and defoe and uh his missives and like her <laughs> yeah, weird that was a lesbian bit kind of thing that was a bit i didn't really get that like well, like all of that is part of the the idea of the, you know how uh, we were talking about the postman, the big dick complex. <laughs> yes. That this is the same. It's like that they're like in their ideas. It's like did she that, never gave. Make it she... into that episode. I don't know if that discussion. Okay. Actually, you might have to give context to that because I can't. Well, context is that like in uh, the postman, there uh, there is a description that General Bellingham uh, tried to have sex with William Williams like oh, a million times. Really and that uh, he couldn't yeah so like this is the same with with uh, defoe and peterson that they use sex as a power tool and i think that there's something after watching many times this movie there's something that he has on the on willem defoe has on the girlfriend including the tapes that he tapes their sex, that the I way that he shows know, up though, and goes. That she really cares about that no, though. The tapes no, though. I think that she doesn't care in the sense of like of uh of being like an emotional thing of like he's dead now kind of thing. I think that no, she No, but they uh, you know, the fact them getting out and kind of thing, I don't think she cares about that. I think it's more that she's playing it down the same way that she plays everything else down, but I think that like because my f- feeling is that she's a lesbian. Yeah. Clearly, obviously, because well, of the end. She gets her happy ending. But so. not like being even bisexual. Is that like uh, Masters is using her in that kind of like male power trip of even a lesbian fucking digs me, you know, kind of thing. But he has something on her because of the way that she goes into the deals with him. And you know that she's almost like she feels like a tool in scenes, you know, like not a tool that she she feels like a character, but he uses her as a tool in everything. Like when she goes into, uh, yeah, I, don't, have, I don't know, it doesn't, it, I don't think that in those scenes it feels like she is powerless or that, you know, that she's been held there by something that he has on her. It doesn't, yeah. I don't know, I, to me. It feels like she's a bit like him, where she's like feeding off the whole thing, like her attitude. Like, I feel like she's a little bit more empowered than that. Although, um, I don't know, because that would be kind of interesting when contrasted with um, the other girl then yeah. as well. Um, no, like, I do think that it's a, a power dynamic that is not as, like, that is similar, but not at the same level yeah, as yeah, that she yeah. has no control. I think, it, like, maybe, for example, or something that is like, she crashed his car or something, you know, that she's just trying to make a bit of money, pay the debt and go on or something like not that it is that specifically you know it doesn't feel yeah. like a lifelong commitment like the other one has that if yeah, she doesn't yeah. keep doing yeah. it she's gonna go to jail but it feels at the same time that it's something utilitarian almost that is mm-hmm. that for both of them what they're doing serves a purpose for the time but it's not emotional in the sense of the chance kind of informant relationship that's why i think as well thinking of the themes of the movie vukovic the first thing that he does after becoming chance is going to tell her chances that oh, and you're then you're, now, yeah. you're working for me but the way that he says it is like fucking 
as Mr. Turner would say, reveal your breasts. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of like this fucked up way. Like, I think that is a very masculine movie, but criticizing everything that men stand for oh, in yeah, society. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. It's they're very... all very undercut, like, yeah. certainly. And, like, you not even just that they are, and that there is an actual, like, you know, there's a crotch shooting in this. Um, you know, so, like, in the most literal sense. But um, I think definitely that they're constantly undermined in that, like, you know, oh, they're, they're like, we're the powerful... Um, the SS. Yeah, they're uh, the secret service agents. Um, but that even in, like, their incompetence and they're, yeah. like, these tough guys and, like, with their... It's constantly, and, like, even, the, like, with their guns and... Yeah, even when they put the shotguns back into storage that they're, like, fucking... Hey, I'm so cool. Fucking yeah. signing paper in a cool like, way. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything about... By fucking Peterson, like the my <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is whenever he goes in and he's trying to get like um the cord order or whatever to get the Chaturo. Yeah. Uh, the little tie that he has. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he's standing, and uh, obviously the audience can't see me, but uh, he's standing in the doorway, and he just has this thing where he kind of pops his hip out, and there's like the hand and the hip, and he's wearing his like you know eighties mom jeans, and like oh, it's just. He's. I read as well that um, freaking really wanted him because he's really athletic. Yeah. So and you really see that that he did like most of his own stuff. Oh, when he runs, he <laughs> there is not a movie running. Like you can tell <laughs> that like they he can't was, keep um, up with him. He was a football player yeah. apparently, and uh, he has a kind of an interesting physique, I think. Um, but even the whole thing in the in the oh, airport. that airport scene is yeah. amazing. Like where they go to the toilet <laughs> as well. Service. Oh my god, he's just kicking the door down. Yeah, but then when the the airport security guy pulls oh, the gun yeah. on him and the book of itch pulls the gun on him and is I like, love that. It's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, Turturro is fucking great. Yeah. I mean, like I love him anyways, but um, he actually became more of a character than I thought he was going to be because when he initially turned up, I was like, no, oh, they're just going to kill him. And but he ends up kind of getting more of a run of it and gets to beat the shit out of Peterson quite a few times. Yeah, like so. he does the world fa- seldom seen but world famous double karate chop to the neck. <laughs> that is, not even the jackal has mastered that. Fucking I didn't notice that. Oh my god! I swear to God, I'm gonna rewatch that. Like, he does like a double karate chop. That is the first thing that he does. It's like the go-to move. It's not a punch in the face. He he does a double karate oh, chop, then kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> And then it starts kicking him in the the ground. And then Peterson repays the damage by slapping him on both ears at the same time. It's like, what is up with these people using both arms in a fight at the same time? But that's the amazing thing in this movie is that nothing of it should work. The only thing that that should work is the car chase. Because the car chase, there's no two ways about it. It's incredible. But everything else is kind of just fucking just insane and shouldn't fit together like even the the, the way the fucking everybody's playing up the machinist to a level that you understand that they're actually playing it up the characters as well like the way the Vukovic is like trying like or even like Vukovic going to the fucking master's lawyer to <laughs> get legal so fucking representation i love that as well that like they have like what's really quite a public meeting you yeah know? and it's like you know oh well you know if masters find out we'd be dead it's like you're right on the streets like come on this is ridiculous and all the fucking 
effort that they go to, to fucking do like the Tampa story. Like, oh my god, fucking... yeah! And she goes out and searches the car, and like it's like they have like peanuts. tennis rackets I, and everything. I love that though. Whatever um, he turns up, then it's like, uh, oh, this is whatever. That's not his real name. <laughs> it's like I know, Mister Jessup. Yeah. Love all the names in this as well. Chance. Why? Like, when do they have the time to go off and like come up with these identities or whatever? Or is it like, are they just like their go-to identities? You know? Yeah, and they had like a Tampa license plate. It's like fucking in LA. It's like, like even if you were doing that deal, would you fucking drive all the way from Tampa? Wouldn't you just like have a private jet? Probably have like rented a car. Yeah. And then him with his little like tennis outfit, like a little <laughs> jump around. Like, I, really, I love the, the outfits. The clothes are ridiculous. Like, they're not as good as his fucking tiny shorts <laughs> in Manhunter. No, but nothing no. is as good as that. No, like the amount of like, oh god, I'm scenes with those fucking shorts. Um, although there is a there is a scene with shorts in this. Yeah, but like by that stage, you see him but like naked as well. So like you uh, don't have any true. more imagination left there. That is true. But I do like that um, uh, Masters women, woman, what's her name? Um, I can't remember that character's name. But because uh, I was looking at it and like you see her. She's like the first time you see her and you can kind of see her whole body. I was looking at her and I was like, is that her real arse? Like yeah. she has... A tremendous arse. Like, I mean, because she was wearing like leggings or something, and I was like, no, that can't be real. And then you see her naked, and you're like, what? And then the, sculpted. Oh my God, by the gods. And then you see her later, then, like at the very, very end, when she's all like, you know, gonna get my, like, you know, my sex tapes. And, um. I'll just have to freeze frame next time for research, just because well, you made the I mean, comments. I, I, I did the research. What's your favorite thing about the movie? Jesus. <laughs> Probably William Peterson. <laughs> just because... The thing about him is, is that, like, even though you can't take him seriously, and he's just such a ridiculous man, he's quite magnetic. Like, yeah. I don't think he is in Manhunter, but I think he is in this. And you can kind of see why he freaking picked him. Like, not just because he kind of fits that role, but he has a certain... You, you like, you know, he's very watchable. Yeah. And he is very, like, he just has that particular body of an 80s, you know, he doesn't, you know, you, no one looks like that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, watching it, it's just, he's very, very, very watchable. Like, very and, small torso, long legs. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, the jeans and, oh, my God. Just... But it's a very intense and very, like, mm. uh, put together. And it's, the, like, I do agree, like, his performance is, like, like it's, like... <laughs> You watch I, this Manhunter is like Manhunter is a movie that I lo- love dearly, but I can't say that Peterson is great in it. But this movie, he's great in it. There, for the movie, for the movie, yeah. But that's why you need like yeah, you, you yeah, don't yeah. need like somebody to like fucking like you, if you put Marlon Brando in a different movie doing the fucking performance of uh, Don Corleone, like it's not <laughs> the right performance. Like if you, like if you put fucking like. Marlon Brando as Don Corleone in Airplane is not the fucking right performance. If it don't like Leslie oh, Nielsen no, is better. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite thing? I I think is the cynicism it has to be like there's very few movies that like really give you no li- there's no cracks of light that shine through this movie. Yeah, it's just like it's not Shane Black. Yeah, there's always something within a Shane Black yeah. to. Yeah, that's why it's Pull like... back a little bit. <laughs> but even, like, the the way... Like, when Vukovic is losing the plot in the car chase, mm. it's not like that he's losing the plot. 
in a Shane Black movie, like fucking Morta going, oh, I can't believe this is yeah, happening, yeah. whatever. It's like, he's losing his plot yes. completely. Um, and like for the time he's in the bar and he's yeah. calling him and the dude is sweating and yeah like he's gone or like even the bars that they go to is amazing like the, the <laughs> bar that they're like having last orders there you just open the door and it's like that kind of a lay bar that is just the bar and then a roll of seats and that's it you know like yeah. that tiny kind of dive bar i love that but yeah like because of what criticism he's making, there's a difference between making a cynical movie about themes that are supposed to be about hope, um, whatever is that. Like, if you're going to make a movie about this type of topic, using the cynicism is actually quite interesting and actually forward thinking and an actual mm. point on society. And I think that, it, like, what I was saying earlier, the people criticizing it for its cynicism is just complaining about how the world should be rather than how the world is uh what's your least favorite thing soundtrack uh, i i i felt it was coming yeah because i mean i have other problems with it like i don't think i don't like it as much as you do but um i definitely would want to watch it again but oh god the soundtrack just annoyed the shit out of me um like as as ironically used as it is it's just oh no i couldn't 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 warm to that at all now uh what's your least favorite thing maybe the the very final shot when it's like goes back to like slow motion freeze frame of william peterson getting out of the his shitty yeah, pickup that was truck really weird yeah. what was that and only for like a second yeah really because strange. there's other flashbacks like really like quick shots that yeah. don't send in the movie but this one like really is the only one that doesn't sit uh probably that's the the, the one like you could say that like the 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 final showdown between Vukovic and Masters yeah, is really yeah the fire is a bit silly yeah but also no actually, I love that that the fact that like fucking like fucking Masters like that's what I was gonna say that many people will complain that it's kind of like anticlimactic especially after that car chasing mm. but I kind of love it that like fucking Masters is so like oh yeah I punched him once so there's a fire I'm gonna just throw a lot of paper on top of him and he's just gonna <laughs> die yeah yeah no yeah. problem I love how like even <laughs> masters is like fucking oh, yeah, yeah. incredibly in the end, in the end. because fun. even the things that are bad in this movie like it's in this movie it's like is that everything it's so heightened that you don't know which part is bad or which part is just bollocks it like yeah, balls to the wall it's, crazy it's kind of hard to separate really yeah <laughs> what's working and what is just ridiculous well all works no matter <laughs> which way it got there but yeah like uh, i really really liked it and i hope that you enjoyed watching it because no like, i it I, is, I definitely it did. was a risky one because even though you like freaking i do it's like, like peterson I and do like freaking yeah and like that's what i wanted to say at that i said that i was actually very surprised by defoe and like he is so young and like weird and sleek and doesn't have like the strange mouth that he see i mean like even whenever you see him and say fucking born on the 4th of july which is what four years later he looks like he's aged a decade yeah like obviously he's supposed to look shit but jesus he is like clean and i love as well that it's like all about the reputation is like i'm an easy guy to find i'm here five days a week yeah it's like nobody oh my has god killed the gym. Me kind of thing. that's it it's that he's in the fucking gym and he's wearing a little shirt oh yeah okay they're doing like lift-ups like having the meeting lifting oh shit my like god. i love that like <laughs> gotta keep fit it's the 80s uh yeah i can't imagine popeye having meetings in a fucking gym so orla where can they find us uh well that was that was uh to live and die in la um yes. 
That was to live and die in LA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you can find us on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud, which Orla did update. And um, <laughs> it's been a busy few weeks. Uh, and you can also donate to Independent Irish Radio on uh, the Dublin Digital Radio Patreon. Patreon. What's next week's film? Uh, next week's film is Get Out from... Get Out. 20... Are we doing Get Out? Get 17? Out. Yeah, I think so. It's probably your most recent pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I'm thinking other than that would have been what Patterson, yeah. The Handmaiden. We'll peel off. Uh, get out. Okay. Funny. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I know it's funny when you have to say funny instead of laughing. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, now don't you be knocking Joshua Molina. Uh, <laughs> I'm so the Rishi of this. Rishi. Rishi. Yes. The H is silent. Anyways, uh, I was Orla McGuinness. I was Ricardo Deacon. The R is silent. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next week.